You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Broadcasting from the place where America won its freedom in the heart of Hampton Roads, it's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Happy Football Friday to you. The second to last Football Friday until next season. This being uh, Football Friday and the only Football Friday with no football this weekend. Um, Pro Bowl flag football doesn't count. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to set the stage for the off season, right? The teams that are at home watching. The teams that... that are going to be asked all offseason, do you watch the Super Bowl? And they have to go, well, yeah, but yeah, I wish I was there. Teams like the Bills, who are the betting favorite. Teams like the Rams, who were there last year. And everyone else. So it's the Tim Donnelly Show. We'll open up the call and text lines like we always do on a Friday. 757-687-9494. That's the call in line. That's also the Dream Lawns text line. 757-687-9494. We'll start with those bills. If you're the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl all year, just about every day of the entire season, and you don't make the Super Bowl, How drastic do you get? First of all, how emotionally stable are you or or instable are you? But also, you have to do something, right? And I tend to think after you give it a couple runs like they have, and they've taken this group and done it a few times, right? And they've they've had tremendous regular seasons. They get to the postseason and nope. They get to the the postseason and nope. They get to the postseason. I think I think it's time to be a little be a little bold. I think it's time to be a little bold. And that means acknowledging that the reason why you're not having postseason success is not just bad luck. Because there is logically that thought, right? If you have a good team and you don't win in the postseason, there's logically bad luck if we get there again, right? If we keep making the postseason, one of the times we get there, the breaks are going to break our way and we're going to win. And then it won't be the Chiefs. And then it won't be the the Bengals. And then it won't be whoever makes it from the AFC. It'll be us. But you do that enough times, you have to start saying, maybe it's us. Chris Sims was on PFT uh, talking about what he thinks the Bills should do to improve their roster to a point where they'll get over that hump. The positions I come to more than anything are wide receiver, corner, and D-line, right? There's there's Cincinnati the other day. They're not worried about the run. They're just going, oh, our front four will stop the run, no problem. We can have all these guys back in coverage and give Josh Allen problems. And then, you know, flip side of that is there's Buffalo going, oh, wait, it's backup O-lineman? But damn, they can still run on us, and we got to put linebackers up in the A-gaps and crowd the line of scrimmage because Joe Mixon's running for 10 yards a carry, you know, and they're doing whatever they want. And and so those are some of the, the other two areas, Mike, that, that I kind of look at with them that I think need some some improvement. You're thinking inside the box, Chris. That's too tra- traditional. That's too conventional. Oh, yeah. Wide receiver. You need some wide receivers. No. The hardest thing to do 
is to give up a pretty sure thing in exchange for the chance at greatness. You don't need more wide receivers. You need less. Listen, the offense is good. They were the second best scoring offense in the league. The defense is good. They were the second best defensive scoring team in the league. Sure, you want to chase that one spot, go ahead. But but the reason why you lost isn't because you didn't have a good offense. Hey, you can go get some wide receivers. You might have a better offense. But that's not the reason you lost. The defense is good. You could go get more defensive line and, and corners. But guess what? Those aren't the reasons why you lost either. They should consider, if not try to, trade Stephon Diggs. Do you hear Buffalo Bills fans' brains exploding everywhere? Wait a second. Wait a second. Josh Allen was no good till we got Stephon Diggs. Why are you trying to move on from him? He's not 35 years old. Why are you trying to move on from him? You have to build your team, have to build your team in a way that will win in Buffalo. Stephon Diggs is a great wide receiver. He is an awesome wide receiver. He is an expensive wide receiver. He is all older-ish wide receiver. You're not going to be able to trade him and get max value two years from now. You're, you would have paid him two more years of that money that could have gone to offensive line, running game, trenches, trenches, trenches. Now I will admit it's risky. I will admit if the Bills go all in on this unusual strategy of tearing down something that is pretty darn good, there is a chance it explodes in their face and people are looking for jobs. But you have to ask yourself, if you're the Buffalo Bills, if you're uh, Brandon Bean, their GM, if you're McDermott, their head coach, you have to ask yourself, am I willing to give up a pretty sure thing, right? Like not, not a sure thing, but a pretty sure thing to chase a loftier, more impressive goal in, in my type of co- competitive nature, right? The kind that I have, if I'm not going all out swinging for the fences, I don't know why we're doing this. I think you have to look at Josh Allen and say, we're paying you 40 some odd million dollars a year. We should be able to take the resources that we've been giving to Stefan Diggs and make us a better running game. That way, Josh Allen, you don't have to run as much. That way, Josh Allen, you don't have to be hurtling defenders 15 yards downfield. You don't have to be lowering your shoulder to run over linebackers. You may have to make Gabe Davis work. You may have to make Isaiah McKenzie work. You may have to make Dawson Knox work. You may have to take all of these pass-catching running backs we've assembled and throw it to them. But we're paying you 40-some-odd million dollars. That's what we're paying you for. And then everywhere else, we're going to expend our resources. We're going to spend our cash that really we don't have a ton of, right? Not in a cap space, but we would have more of if we traded Stefan Diggs. We're going to use that to, to turn us into a Buffalo team. And it may be two steps back to make five steps forward, but so be it. Because if I'm Buffalo right now, anyone involved, if I'm their coaches, if I'm their front office executives, if I'm their players, their trainers, I'm going to be sitting this upcoming, not this Sunday, but the next Sunday, watching the Super Bowl, eating buffalo wings. I'm sure they have quite a few buffalo wings. Eating buffalo wings, and I am going to be sick to my stomach. 
and it won't be bad Buffalo Wings. It'll be because I'm watching teams that I have as much talent as playing for the Super Bowl, and I can't even really sniff it. So I'm setting the 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 you know it's it I'm setting the the expectations now, and it's a dangerous place to be, but it's probably the place where you're willing to be the most bold, uh, right? One of the things you know that I say often is. Players shouldn't retire right after the season, right? You shouldn't go grocery shopping when you're hungry. You shouldn't be swiping when you're lonely. You shouldn't do those things when when you're not like as clear a mind as possible. But if I'm Buffalo, I know for a fact if I wait two months to start making my my goals and plans, if I wait even till free agency, I'm gonna have talked myself off the ledge by then. I'm gonna go, well, it was a pretty successful season in the when you look at it, right? Like a baseball team that wins 100 games and gets eliminated in the, the first round. It's like, well, 100 games is hard. I don't know if we want to mess with it. But right now, with the Super Bowl going on, with uh, with two other teams living my dream, I do think you are more inclined to make a big statement. So I think you have to convince yourself now. Lock yourself in now to trading Stefan Diggs. There's a report today that T. Higgins may be on the trade block. I'm going, Diggs is better than Higgins. We should get way more. Go to those same teams. Heard you're interested in T. Higgins. Can I interest you in Stefan Diggs? Price will be a little bit more, but way more experienced, way more proven. What do you think? Huh? Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? That's just a taste of what we're getting today. We're not going into the offseason with timid plans. We're not going into the offseason on this football Friday, second to last football Friday of the NFL season here on the Tim Donnelly Show. We're not going into this football Friday, this offseason, with, with, well, if everybody works hard and improves, then maybe next year you'll make a play or two more. We're going in with plans that can shake up the league and, and hopefully make teams that have, have stalled out Get kick-started to a new level. Starting with the Bills. Trade Stefan Diggs. Huh. It's a fastball to get things started. How about this for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming into this season, second betting favorite to win the Super Bowl. Think about that. Coming into this year, the the odds makers said the Bucs were the second most likely team to win a Super Bowl. I think they came up a little short. What should they do now? We'll have a big, bold offseason move for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up next. Finding solutions to sports' biggest problems is a team effort. Join the team and call the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 at 757-687-9494. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. It's a football Friday. It's the off-season edition. We're just getting it started, setting the table. What teams should be looking to do in order to be in the Super Bowl next year? It's kind of sad. We only have one football game left. But then we go to the free agency period. Then we go to the draft. I'm just kidding. It never really ends. It's the Tim Donnelly Show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. The news of the week, Tom Brady retiring. Second time. Still retired. We're going on two days, two two days and change. With Tom Brady retired, the Bucks roster ripe for the pillaging. Pillaging is such a such a 
it feels like like uh, colonial times or something, right? You're going to another foreign country and being a real jerk. But but the Bucks roster is ripe for the pillaging because they now don't have a quarterback and they're built for a team that has a win now quarterback. And everyone smells blood in the water. I thought it was actually really funny um, yesterday, or actually two days ago now. Uh, as soon as Tom Brady announced his retirement, I saw a, a flood of Bears fans saying, okay, you, we, we have to call the Bucks and ask about Chris Godwin. We have to call the Bucks and ask about Chris Godwin. And, and I was like, hmm, that's actually, that's not a bad idea. All right, I, I see what's going on. That's not a bad idea. But then I started thinking, well, wait a second. Refresh Twitter. Oh, look, another team should call and ask about Chris Godwin. Refresh Twitter. Oh, look, another team should call. Every team's fan base was saying, we have to call about Chris Godwin. We have to call about Chris Godwin. As if Chris Godwin is some kind of sleeper that nobody knows is any good, and you're going to be able to like get him for a low stock price while everyone else is overlooking him. Everybody understands, if you look at that Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster, there's a 26-year-old stud-wide receiver that – albeit has battled some injuries, but when healthy has been excellent at a position that everybody can use more of. But it's not just Chris Godwin. It's Mike Evans. It's not just Mike Evans. It's Vita Vea. It's not just Vea. It's Shaq Barrett. It's the entire offensive line. It, probably not Tristan Wirfs. I'm not sure they'd give up on him, but, but everyone else, everyone else, this Buccaneers roster is ripe for the pillaging. You should smell blood in the water, and you should be trying to take advantage of that. Rick Stroud, Rich Eisen Show, talks about what the Bucs need to do or could do this offseason. A lot will depend, Rich, on who they hire as an offensive coordinator. They've interviewed a lot of guys, like seven guys. I think the guy that's probably the best for the job might be Todd Munkin, although I'm not sure why he would leave Georgia after two national championships. The one thing I know about Todd is he worked a year in Cleveland, loved Baker Mayfield, loves him. So do you go that route? Do you go the free agent? Let's see if we can catch lightning in a bottle, Geno Smith type thing. Or do you swing for the fences, which is what the Glazers have, have wanted to do. They want to stay relevant, right? But at some point you got to get your house in order too so you know if uh, Derek Carr were to not be traded and becomes a free agent sometime in before March there's just not a lot of of great options there's not a lot of great options and it gets worse the Bucks have the second worst cap situation in the league they're going to need Tom Brady to be real cool and and end up making him a post-June 2 retirement designation, which allows them to kick $10 million of their cap this season and $28 million, uh, or sorry, 18 to total 28, into the next year just to make it doable. They have a very, very difficult situation moving forward, and if they try to squeeze the last drip of, of, of contendership out of this current roster, all they're going to end up doing is postponing and making the inevitable worse. And they have an excuse to stink. Brady left. You don't get many excuses to stink in the NFL. Right when you take over a job, you can say, I need to rebuild the culture. You get like two years. Other than that, you have to contend every year. If you win a Super Bowl or two, you can have a stinkier after that. But other than that, you don't have many excuses. The Bucks have an excuse.
We were so all in trying to take advantage of the end of uh, Tom Brady's window that when he left, we had to start over. We got one Super Bowl out of it. It was awesome. We got two good playoff runs out of it. It was awesome. And then the last year was a rough one. And then we had to stink. That sounds logical. You can sell that to an owner. Everyone should be available for the right price on their roster. And you can even spin it even better, right? You can spin it as some, uh, these guys have earned the right to play the end of their career on a contender or to go somewhere where they could be more meaningful and play a bigger role. Meanwhile, we'll accept picks and future assets in return as if you're being something virtuous to your 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 Super Bowl champions of a couple years ago when in actuality you're being greedy and trying to set yourself up for success. Right? You, you should have a post-Brady sale. If you listen to the show, you know I, I moved around a lot as a kid, lived in a whole bunch of different states, um, and there was... We learned this moving from New Jersey to Hawaii, where uh, I don't know. Did, did your did you were you a big uh, yard sale? Did your family oh, do yard yeah. sale? Yeah, we oh, yeah. we uh, we had probably yearly yard sales. And uh, right, you wake up early, you got to move everything into the the driveway. You put up signs on the the big road nearby with arrows. Uh, we did that often. Then when we were moving to Hawaii, I I mean, you really you pare down like what you own. Uh, so the signs didn't say yard sale. They said moving sale. Way more people showed up. Like it became the thing where even if we weren't moving, it's like, we should probably call it a moving sale because just way more people show up. Cause I guess they're thinking more like furniture and, and dressers rather than like hand me down clothes or something. I don't, I don't know, but I almost feel like Tampa Bay needs to put out a, we lost our quarterback sale sign because then more are going to show up, right? It's less, it's less of a, uh, like yearly. Yeah. We, I mean, we're going to evaluate every offer and more of a, no, I don't think you understand. We're going to evaluate every offer. The bears should ask about Chris Godwin. They should also ask about Mike Evans. The giants should be calling about Vita or Vita Vea. Why? Because they need someone to help stop the run, and he's a massive person to put next to Dexter Lawrence. The Bengals should be calling about Shaq Barrett. Why? Because they know what it's like, meaning the Bengals, when you can't protect your quarterback because the other team has a bunch of good defensive ends. And it and they know what it's like even when the other team doesn't have a bunch of good defensive ends, but it seems like it because your offensive line stinks. They know what a pass rush can do. Everyone in the league should be calling about an offensive lineman or two, right? Aim for Tristan Wirfs, settle for Donovan Smith. Ryan Jensen, he's already older. He's coming off an injury year. You might even get a discount. But the Buccaneers have the post-Brady gift of being able to reset a franchise that has been going all in. The Saints are actually in a really tough spot right now because at the end of Breeze's career, they were going all in. And then when Brady left, or sorry, when Breeze left, when he retired, they never restarted. They just tried to like 
piece it together and keep going. And that's almost impossible with the cap hits coming in, which by the way, I said the Bucks are the second worst cap situation. The Saints are the only one with worse. It's it's they just tried to keep it pieced together and keep contending. And it's so difficult. So difficult. Yesterday on the show, we were talking about Brady's legacy uh, of, of taking less, of accepting less money, and uh, Andrew Brandt was, was discussing it, and he said everybody, everybody kicks cap into the future, right? That's, that's not selfless of a quarterback. That's expected of a quarterback. Yeah, we'll restructure. We'll kick my cap into the future. We'll, we'll deal with that later. Yeah, we'll restructure. I'll still get my 35 per, but it won't count against the cap until four years from now. Everybody does that. But what that means is when that quarterback eventually is traded or retires, that cap comes screaming at you with a vengeance. When that happens, you need to to duck under that wave and, and stink for a while and just be bad for a year or two and restart up. The, the, the Falcons, when they traded Matt Ryan, had to deal with a 40-plus million dollar cap number. That's a lot to deal with. You have $40 million less than everybody else in the league to spend. So what did the Falcons do? They still almost made the playoffs. But that's just because that, or that division was so bad. They said, we'll pay 10 11 for Mariota, and we'll end up starting the rookie. Who's going to be our starting running back? The fifth-round rookie, Tyler Algier. Who's going to be our number one wide receiver? The rookie, Drake London. That's the, I mean, that's what you have to do. And now, guess what? They have a better cap situation. They've, they've survived the wave. They ducked under it. And, and they're coming out on the other side, hopefully with goals and aspirations to be something better. And, and the, the assets they had to sell off weren't nearly as good as the assets the Bucks have to sell off. Now, the Buccaneers fans, you're going, wait a second. We stunk for 20 years. We got one Super Bowl. You're telling us we got two and a half years of contention, and now we have to start over? Yes, but those two and a half years built up some value in those players that you can help make it not another 20-year wait. You can help make it not another 20-year wait. It might be a three-year wait if you play your cards right. But if you, I guarantee if they're trying to contend next year with some coordinator that brings in one of his guys at quarterback and they try to go, f- nope, 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 get caught in that cycle. They could be between eight and nine and nine and eight for the next four years before they finally go, yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe 35 year old Mike Evans isn't someone we should build around. Should have traded him when he was 29 year old Mike Evans. Tim Donnelly show priority auto sports radio, 94.1 call and text lines open. Let's hit a couple of these texts very quickly. Again, it's off season football Friday. So any questions involving your team's off-season plans, what should they be expected to do? What should they be planning to do? But also, if you want to react to either uh, the Bills, who should trade Stefan Diggs, and the Bucks, who should be selling everybody, go ahead and let us know. 757-687-9494. Robbie? From the 757, didn't Minnesota already try to, uh, you know, trade Stefan Diggs? They didn't seem to get any better. I think Josh Allen wasn't the same in the second half of the season. Well, first, that's a that's a two-parter. First of all, the I think the Vikings won the trade when they sent Stefan Diggs away because they got Justin Jefferson out of it, and he's a better wide receiver who's they got three years of rookie contract wide receiver, um, more productive than Stefan Diggs, with a worse quarterback than Stefan Diggs. Um, 
I'd also throw this out there. Josh Allen wasn't the same in the second half of the season. Fine. If you had a running game that would be independent of Josh Allen, he could be, he could have off days and it wouldn't ruin your entire team. So sell Stefan Diggs, build with the offensive line and the running back core because you play in Buffalo. That way, if Josh Allen has a bad game and or it's negative 10 degrees with snow on the ground, you have something you can depend on. What else you got? From the 757, if you were the Giants GM, what would you do with Jones and Barkley? All right, I'm going to pretend I'm Joe Shane, the GM, which means I took over this past year. Because if I were Dave Gettleman, the GM, we would not have drafted Saquon Barkley and we would have traded him by now if we did. Uh, but Joe Shane had kind of inherited that. Uh, so I'm I'm likely, gosh, likely franchise tagging Jones, which hurts because that's $45 million. Um, may I, I, do you think two first round picks would be enough to thwart everybody? Because if you put him on the non-exclusive tag, then it's, I think it's like thirty-seven million. And if someone else signs him, then uh, I can match, or they have to give me two first-round picks. I think so. I might go that route, but it would be a real bummer if a, a team that that is drafting near the end gives me, you know, the twenty-seventh and thirtieth pick the next two years with D- Daniel Jones. Um, I might go that route, but uh, with Saquon, I'm being real honest with him. I'm I'm saying I can give you nine million a year, and and four years max. And he's probably saying no, and I'm probably saying please, and he's probably saying no. And then I'm saying, all right, I guess you got to do what you got to do. And that's hard, but they've put themselves in that situation by making bad decisions in the past. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, ninety four point one. Keep those calls and texts coming. Seven five seven six eight seven. 9494. That's the call in line. That's also the Dream Lawns text line. 757 687 9494. Virginia is for covers, and we try to make you some money. Coming up next. Here in the Commonwealth, we love long walks on the beach, candlelit dinners, and making piles and piles of cash. It's Virginia is for covers on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Hold up. That's right. You've heard of Virginia is for lovers. It's a, a jingle. Tries to make people vacation here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. But that's not what we're about. We're about Virginians for covers. We're all about winning bets. Trying to make you some money. And as always, something very special at the end that hopefully will make you some money. But first, our picks of the weekend. And I'm actually going to go a little bit further than the weekend. I think I'm going to make it a rule. Maybe even a honey hole, but it's, it's not really eligible for this week. If the Chiefs are underdogs, I'm I'm just always going to bet the Chiefs. Chiefs plus one and a half over the Eagles, and it's a neutral field game, so it's not like they're they're giving the three for being away or anything like that. Uh, Chiefs plus one and a half. I think I have to. I have to. Anytime the Chiefs are dogs, I'm I'm just going to – it might be the next 10 years. Just going to be a a rule of mine. Uh, No disrespect to the Eagles. I I think if it's a pick them at the moment, I'm going to walk away. But I want to lock it in now just because – that line may move over the next, you know, nine days, however long it is, until until the actual Super Bowl. So I'll lock that in and, you know, then reserve the right to, to flip-flop next week. 
Tim, not a lot of football, obviously, this weekend. No football on the docket except for the flag Pro Bowl, football. But there is flag football, but I don't think you can wager. Unless you are live in Vegas, I don't believe there's any sports can, can, can you pick, like, the amount of flags picked by Derwin James? I think, I think I'm going with the over. He seemed very enthusiastic I like last that. Night. I like that. So, but there's a lot of soccer going on. It's been a little bit of time since I picked some English Premier Soccer. So, give me Brentford versus Southampton. Both teams to score. BTTS. There we go. We're back at it. Any explanation? If they just are very good teams that give up a lot With of bad goals. Bad defense. All right. That's exactly it. Uh, I'm going to go. The, if you listen to the show, you know I'm a, I'm a narrative better. Storyline better. Um, and let me explain what I mean by that. Uh, the the Vegas, meaning the sports books, they're going to know the analytics right there's nothing i can plug into a calculator that they haven't already plugged into a calculator because they have uh for lack of a better term nerds with calculators as far as the eye can see right the insider information is going to be tough to beat them on they have more shefters and rapaports than than sports media has so they know everything on the inside they know all of the numbers but one thing i think they can't truly grasp because for lack of a better term they're they're nerds with calculators is the motivation like inside the mind of an athlete and i think i understand that pretty well right played college sports know a ton of uh, athletes at, at all levels so there's something going on within sports when there's something going on within sports that i think changes a player's intensity motivation how they play that's where i think i can find my advantage uh and and in the nba right now one of the big stories is the all-star game and the all-star selections and the all-star snubs and the all-star starters and the all-star starter snubs. So I'm looking at at tonight's NBA games and I see the Sixers. Now I put my biases on front street. I am a Sixers fan, but this has nothing to do with it. Uh, Joel Embiid has been a starter for six years in in the all-star game. Probably having his best season statistically this year, not a starter. James Harden finally appears to have put some drama behind him and is playing well once again and should have been an all-star reserve. He was not. Thus, I'm taking Joel Embiid over 33.5 points versus the Spurs tonight because I think James Harden is going to try to have 15 assists if he plays, and and Joel Embiid is going to try to score 900 points to remind everybody that they're both really good. So uh, if Harden is trying to get the assists, to be a well-rounded player. He's going to have to keep throwing it to Embiid. Embiid's going to keep scoring over 33 and a half. Give it to him. Tim, the thing with college basketball is obviously there's not a, a lot that happens on a Friday night, which means the lines don't come out for the weekend until right before the game. But I'm making a prediction before the lines are even set. Tennessee faces off at home against Auburn. Tennessee coming off a loss against Florida at Florida just a couple of days ago. You're going to have to put this bet down tomorrow, but I got Auburn on the money line. All right. Tennessee has been very weird all season very long. Weird. I like it. I just, you know, I haven't felt comfortable about them. It's been a crazy year in college basketball, so give me Auburn on the money line again. I just don't believe in Tennessee this weekend against a very good Auburn team that I think's on the rise. Very weird. I like it. Uh, Anthony Edwards, also not an all-star. Anthony Edwards might one day be one of the faces of the league. He is a wildly impressive athlete. 
he is also wildly uh, like attitude. You know what I mean? And not just his character in the movie Hustle did a great job, by the way. Uh, but but he is someone that hears the noise. He is someone that will talk back. He is someone that will jump on Twitter and you know dive in with the trolls. Uh, over twenty seven and a half points versus Orlando. No disrespect to Orlando. They actually have some good def- defensive players. But I think Anthony Edwards is one of those guys when when he has like a little anger to his game, he gets much, much better. And I think he's going to be angry that he wasn't picked for the All-Star game. And, uh, and he'll go for 28, 29, 30, 35, 30, 40s. He's going to go for something big. Tim, tonight the Boston Celtics host the Phoenix Suns. And the Phoenix Suns have been very underwhelming this season. Mediocre, you could say they're 27 and 26, but they're 8 and 17 on the road. So give me Jalen Brown, who averages 27 points. The over under is 25 and a half points. Give me the over on that. Give me Jalen Brown over 25 and a half points. He had seven threes a couple of nights ago. Seven three pointers right there. You just get a couple more boards and, you know, a couple more baskets. That's 25 right there, 26. Give me Jalen Brown over 25 and a half points for him to score against the Suns. All right, it's time to put together the touchdown parlay. If uh, if you're new here, it's a four-leg parlay, meaning all four bets have to hit for it to pay out. We put real money on the bet, and if it hits, you win the cash. So we make the bet, we put the money down. If it wins, we pass 100% of the winnings along to the, the listeners. So we could sit here and talk about how the you know we would get big steak dinners with the money, or we could talk about how we'd buy tickets to some cool event, or maybe we'd spend it when we're at the Super Bowl in Arizona, but we wouldn't get to spend any of it because we're just going to give it all to you. Uh, the way we put it together, I pick one, Robbie picks one. You get to pick one on Twitter if you follow us at ESPN Radio 941. And then there's the honey hole pick at the end, which I'll explain to you in a little bit. And we're doing it a little differently this week. But here we go. Uh, My first pick, I want Anthony Edwards over 27 and a half uh, because I think he's mad that he didn't make the all-star game. And he is somebody that when he gets mad, he plays better. So, boom. Minnesota's Anthony Edwards over 27 and a half. I like it. Give me Jalen Brown over 25 and a half points. Like I said, I think uh, he plays well tonight against Phoenix. The Twitter pick comes from, as I mentioned, you. We are out on ESPN Radio 941, at ESPN Radio 941 on Twitter. Uh, We put out a poll, and you get to pick the bet. This bet for today, uh, it was the Trailblazers-Wizards game. So you could have picked Blazers plus 3.5, Wizards minus the 3.5, the over or the under. And the winner is Blazers plus 3.5. All football season, we had one underdog picked all of the others were favorites all of them the very first nba game we do on the dog i think that's probably because people are so like just exasperated with the wizards that they take anybody else maybe it's a new trend I, i mean i don't hate the trend uh and then normally the last thing we get is is called the honey hole however uh, all, all of the honey holes we've had this year have been NFL. We need to establish honey holes in the NBA before we can call them honey holes. Uh, if you don't know what a honey hole is, it's the, like, you know, it's a fishing term. You only show your best friends and, and people you trust your best fishing spots, right? Because you don't want the whole lake to show up in your little cove where the fish are biting. So I'm being very, very cool, right? And showing everybody that listens to the show because we're best friends. Uh, where the money is. Um, 
but there, we don't have any right now, at least not that are going on. So a texter sent in Kyle Busch plus 900 to win the clash at the Coliseum. And I know so very little about NASCAR, but I trust our listeners so very much that the honey hole pick will be Kyle Busch plus 900 clash at the Coliseum. Now, I don't, I don't hate that pick. Do you follow? I know nothing about NASCAR, but I know that Kyle Busch is very good. All right. Honestly, if if you are a NASCAR driver that I know your name, I assume you're very good. Like Jimmy Johnson for Jim, all those years? Absolutely. Oh, every yeah. single week. Before that, Jeff Gordon. Dale Earnhardt Jr.? Who? Oh, yes. I also, and I've told this story before, but uh, when I worked in uh, up in upstate New York, I worked for the flagship local station of uh, Watkins Glen. And... So I had stupid access to the race. Chase Elliott won the, the one that I had the most. So now every time like I see anyone, I just assume uh, Chase Elliott's going to win. That's my guy. Uh, but I was like on pit row and stuff, and I was like walking amongst everything, and I was going, I, this access is wasted on me. There is somebody that would really find this cool. I had like an all-access pass to everywhere on the track and did not understand what was going on. Just like, whoa, that's loud, uh, which I'm probably the only person like – inside the ropes on pit row going hmm, loud but uh, but that was me so i apologize if i'm just like bragging to people that would rather have that experience but I that's found, okay thank you i found it i found it humorous uh so we'll place that bet we'll get to you later in the show with with how much it ends up getting paid and how much you have on the stake so uh actually you have none of the stake but all of the earnings uh, so we'll be back with more of the Tim Donnelly show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, including a very serious, serious situation out of Cincinnati and the Bengals. Stick around. Is it too early to start mock drafting for fantasy football? Totally asking for a friend. The Tim Donnelly show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly show Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Now, we are going to be at Radio Row for the Super Bowl next week. Um, so we're looking very much forward to that. Uh, I know the station uh, went a few times prior to COVID, but this is the first time that we're making it back out there after COVID. So uh, we're looking forward to it. It should be a really fun, fun deal. But we, uh, Robbie just came in and slipped me our, our booth assignment, which should be, again, very fun. Looks cool. We're next to a booth that is not labeled. Like it has, you know, like our uh, call letters, WVSP, uh, has all the other radio stations, call letters, you know, Yahoo Sports here, Sports Illustrated there. We're next to a booth that just has the NFL logo on it with no identification. I'm not sure what that means, but I, I feel like I should stop making jokes about the league. I feel like like Roger Goodell is going to be sitting right next to us peering over. It seems like that is very much a a chaperone that they've put next to us. They're like, you haven't been here in a couple of years. We're gonna we're gonna put you right next to the uh, the security guards. See, I like to think that it's Goodell just right next to us, just, just you know, chopping just, it up, just yeah. listening to our conversations exactly, and right. saying, "What what what did you say? You said you said that was a bad call. Cut the cord. Cut cut the internet." Um, but it, like I said, it is going to be very fun next week. Looking forward to it. Um, and and. Yeah, all the all the heavy hitters in media will be there, and of course, we'll be there also. So uh, we're we're looking forward to to that. And I didn't mean to exclude us from the heavy hitters in media, but it may have come out that way. Uh, speaking of the NFL, and speaking of you know, 
if Roger Goodell were right next to us, he he might be a little bit uh, concerned that I take up this this stance. The NFL has to take the Joe Mixon allegations very seriously. This it, it kind of broke last night, right as we were leaving the the show. Um, they're allegations. We should be clear. Um, but they are serious allegations. We should be clear. Uh, they are are aggravated menacing, which is essentially threatening somebody with bodily harm and or death, and and they are against Joe Mixon. Again, allegations at this point for part of the uh, report. Let's go to WLWT five and uh, their news. I think the team probably caught by surprise like everybody else, it seems like, with this. When news broke of this warrant for Mixon's arrest, the team quickly responded to a request for a statement. It is short and to the point. In a statement sent to WLWT, the Bengals tell us, quote, the club is aware misdemeanor charges have been raised against Joe Mixon. The club is investigating the situation and will not comment further at this time. So to recap, there is a warrant out on Joe Mixon for aggravated menacing, but Joe's agent maintains these charges will be dropped tomorrow morning. Now, I have not seen anything about them being dropped this morning, so the agent, uh, if it if it is true, at least hasn't gone public, and I would assume there are quite a few beat reporters up in that part of the country that are checking court records and things like that. Um, here's the reason why, I, again, allegations, let's be clear. Here's the reason why I think the NFL needs to be extra, extra, extra serious with this. One, does feel like it was intentionally downplayed a bit there in the statement by the Bengals when they said the club is aware misdemeanor charges have been raised. Now that's true, but I've never seen the level. Uh, I've never seen them say, uh, or any club or any league, they are aware felony charges have been raised. It feels like they are intentionally trying to say it's a misdemeanor. Meh. When in actuality, the NFL doesn't even need a guilty verdict for punishment to take place. They don't need that. They, they have their own code, right? Their own, uh, you know, protection of the shield is what it's often called conduct detrimental to the league. That doesn't need a guilty verdict. Doesn't need charges. Doesn't need anything. So the club saying misdemeanor is almost like they're saying, nah. And then the other thing is Joe Mixon does have a history. If you haven't seen it, I would be very cautious to go see it. It could be triggering for some people. There's a video of uh, Joe Mixon Joe Mixon punching a woman when he was in college. He was suspended from Oklahoma from playing for a season, for a full year. Now, again, I'm not jumping to conclusions, but the investigation needs to take place, and it needs to be extremely serious. And And if his name is cleared then it'll be even better that a serious investigation took place. And, and and the NFL needs to do this because of the way they've botched things like this in the past. Right? We were all around for the Ray Rice situation. We were all around for a few other situations. So I, I just want to make sure that it's not swept under the rug. I want to make sure that it's not downplayed intentionally. I want to make sure that that when allegations like this come up, they are investigated to the full extent of the ability that they have. Just because Joe Mixon is a superstar and he ran for 100 yards in a, in a postseason game or he had five touchdowns in a regular season game doesn't give him the right to escape the scrutiny when these allegations take place. And, and 
if after the investigation takes place they deem that it was all false perfect then we we move forward but but it shouldn't be a quick decision by any stretch and it would be i mean in a weird way the nfl would have to work much quicker if they were still playing but it's the off season take your time Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Call and text lines open 757-687-9494. It is an off-season preview football Friday, right? With no games this weekend, we have this football Friday today, next football Friday leading into the Super Bowl, then we have the off-season. So we're setting the table for the off-season. Let's go to that text line. Again, it's the Dream Lawns text line, 757-687-9494. Robbie, what do you got? Tim Larry in Hampton says the Bucks having a fire sale is definitely the way to put the Bucks rebuild on schedule. It, it would. It would actually kind of like the three years with Tom Brady would just become this weird fever dream, right? They were moving on from Jameis Winston, and it should have probably been a burn down rebuild at that time when they sold Mike Evans and, and these guys that were already on the roster uh, for picks and everything to start the rebuild. Then Tom Brady chose them, and it was like, pause freeze and then they froze the rebuild won a super bowl went on another postseason run declined in the third year and then went unfreeze and you just jump right back into it so i I agree it would put them kind of back on schedule to where they were they'd just be one super bowl better for it from the 757 the colts need to take justin fields and ball out take justin fields that's what they're saying trade for um i don't think the bears are trading him uh and I don't see how the Colts would end up with him because if the Colts were to trade with the Bears, they would trade for the number one pick, in which case the Bears aren't going to give up Justin Fields and the number one pick because if they give up Justin Fields, they would want the number one pick to get their quarterback. Um, Maybe it's a situation where yesterday you were saying the Bears should just move back and back and back, and then at the was, end of that, I mean, they I trade t- back back up for Justin Fields and the fourth pick. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to clear that up. I've I've said that there are two mock fantasy or not fantasy mock uh, NFL draft programs online. One's Pro Football Network, one's PFF, and you can go and and literally run through the whole thing in trades, and and it's a fun deal. But it, it is kind of easy to game the system and just keep trading back from like the number one pick. And you end up drafting like 26 this year, but you have 17 first round picks next year. So it's not a perfect deal. So that I was joking about that. I don't think that's actually possible. Um, if I'm the Bears, I am either keeping Justin Fields and trading back, in which case the Colts could definitely go up from four to one. But I'm keeping Justin Fields. So I don't know how they would end up with uh, the Colts. And one more thing, we just did, did get a couple of uh, texts on the Dreamlons text line that said the dro- the Chargers have been dropped from Mixon. Okay, I I, I want to make sure we clarify that from from an uh, independent journalist source. No disrespect to our texters, um, but I did see that uh, quite a few people wrote articles last night as if the Chargers were dropped based on the agent saying he expected them to be dropped. According to Ben Baby on ESPN, the car, the charges have been dropped. Perfect. There we go. That's what I'm yep. looking for. So they're dropped, but still need an investigation. Okay? Correct. If I'm the NFL, still need an investigation. Okay? They don't need charges to to investigate. And, and again, like a six-game suspension, you might not believe this, but jail time and a six-game suspension have different burdens of proof and different levels of, of – uh, infraction if you will so just again 
I hope that the investigation comes up with absolutely nothing, but it still needs to be had by the NFL. Thank you to everybody texting. Thank you to everybody paying attention. Those call and text lines will stay open, 757-687-9494. When we come back, doesn't it feel appropriate? We're talking NFL offseason and uh, and Kyler. <laughs> Kyler, I was actually, we planned on talking Kyler. But we're going Kyrie because he said, is there an offseason? Is is everyone paying attention to basketball now? Let's drum up the drama. Stick around.